Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. I like to record myself doing the voiceover through video because then when I'm editing, if I don't have headphones with me, I can see my lips move, I can see what I'm saying. When I've done a good take, I'll like wave to the camera or something. So when I'm editing, I'll just scroll along in the timeline to where I've waved and I know that's my good take. So I don't even have to watch the whole footage back. It basically makes for much quicker editing. Welcome back to another episode of iPad Pros. Coming up is an interview I did with Carolyn Scott, a mobile journalist based out of London. She uses the iPad Pro as a dedicated LumaFusion machine to get her stories published in the field. If you'd like to support this podcast, please head over to the Apple Podcast app and leave a review. Every review is incredibly helpful in helping others discover this show. You can also financially support the show over at patreon.com slash iPadPros. Thank you to those that have or have in the past supported the show there. Your support is incredibly helpful and very much appreciated. You can send your feedback to me at iPadProsPodcast at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter at iPadProsPodcast. With that, here's my interview with Carolyn. Enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Carolyn. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Can you first introduce yourself and how you use the iPad for work? My job is predominantly as a mobile journalist. So I use the iPad when I'm out in the field editing video footage, essentially. I use it predominantly for editing. I don't really use it to go online or use it for any other apps. I just solely just do it to put video packages together. So I just take it around with me and edit on the train, edit on the way to and from stories. As soon as I've shot something, essentially, I'll just edit it on the iPad. And then, yeah, I'm done. How did you get started with, with journalism in general? Well, I did a journalism degree. And then I went to the Falkland Islands in the South Atlantic to develop a TV station down there. Once I'd done that, I came back and I was freelance for a while. And then I worked at a company called Journalism.co.uk based in Brighton that reports on the journalism industry. So it looks at the tools and trends. And we interviewed journalists. And a lot of the journalists I was interviewing started talking about mobile journalism. And then I got really interested. And then I thought, well, you know, if they can do it, so can I. And then I just replaced my camera with my phone and went from there. And it's just built up ever since. And now it's so, so popular. Very cool. And what kind of topics do you cover? What, what fields do you report on? I work freelance. So I, I do a range of subjects, whether it be uh, local news stories, or it might be making something like a promotional video for a company or a business. A lot of the time I make social media content for different organizations. So anything from music reporting, so interviews with artists or making music videos for them, or I might be reporting on a local story that's happening, you know, at a local school in my area. So it's, it's so varied. So it's a good, a good mix. And what's your recording setup look like? Are you capturing this footage on the iPhone or doing it directly on the iPad with the capture? Or do you have a kind of like DSLR kind of camera that's on a tripod or what's that set up like? No, I do everything on my smartphone, essentially. So I, f- I film on my smartphone. And then if I have a bit of time, I'll transfer it via airdrop to the iPad. And then I'll edit it on my iPad. So I don't, I don't use a DSLR camera. 10% of the time, I'll use a DSLR camera. The other 90% is all on smartphone for filming. And then editing will be a mix between my smartphone and the iPad. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm very mobile. Everything I need is in my back pocket. This is just the beauty of being a mobile journalist. And will you ever start 
an editing project on your iPhone and then realize, oh, I need to move this over to the iPad because this is just more entailed than I thought it might be? All the time. People that don't know a lot about mobile journalism, essentially it's about creating content out on the go, having all the tools with you that you need to produce a story, to produce content, edit it and publish it directly from your phone or it might just be that you use a phone for all your filming or it might just be that you use an ipad for your editing but essentially this basically means being as agile as possible out in the field so sometimes when i'm on a story i might start editing something on my phone because i didn't take my ipad out with me and then if i know it's going to be a bigger project i'll just airdrop the project file because I, I edit on an app called Luma Fusion. It's available on iOS devices. It's an editing app for advanced filmmakers, documentary makers, uh, journalists and producers. Anyone who wants to essentially create amazing video content, you can use this app and you can airdrop over video files as well as video projects between devices. So I can do something on my iPhone and then airdrop it over to my iPad and continue that, which is great. Very nice. And for you actually research the stories, is that done at the office with uh, Mac or what, what do you do for that? If I'm going to go out and work on a specific project, you know, I'll obviously research it before, but I do everything from coffee shops or workspaces, you know, freelance areas around London. I might do things on the train. So in my desktop computer, I haven't used it in, I don't even remember the last time I used my desktop computer, to be honest. Everything's on the go. Yeah. I just find the idea of sitting at a big desktop computer very, not claustrophobic, but I like to be able to move around with my projects, take them wherever I am, work on them, pick them up, put them down, work on multiple projects at once. When I'm working on a desktop computer, you know, everything's in that room where the desktop computer has to be. Whereas as I'm used to being a mobile journalist now, I can just be editing something that I shot you know, two weeks ago on the way to another story, film that story, edit that on the way home, and then continue with the bigger project that I was filming a couple of weeks back. So no, I don't use a desktop computer, but I, I do tend to just you know, pick up my phone, pick up my iPad and just mix and match between them. I don't, don't have set roles for each of them. What iPad do you currently use? Is it cellular enabled or is it? are you tethering to your iPhone or finding hotspots when you need? I tether to my iPhone all the time. So basically, I made sure I got a phone contract with unlimited internet so that I can essentially <laughs> tether to my heart's content. So I use the iPad Pro 11 inch. It's got face recognition. So it's really easy to get into all my apps because just my face is my password now. So technically, I don't know any of my passwords just because I use my face <laughs> for everything. So yeah, I just basically... All the technology that I use for my job, I want it to be as simple as possible, as easy to use. I can just pick it up and go straight away. The reason why I started using smartphone technology is because personally, you know, professionally, I don't like the idea of lugging a lot of cameras and equipment and tripods around with you and then having to take everything back to a desk and use a desktop computer it makes everything very static that I'm working around the technology whereas I want the technology to work around me so that's why I use this kind of mobile technology like iPads like iPhones and Androids because basically they go where I go and they go where the story is. And how long has the iPad been a part of your tool set? I've been using the iPad for quite a few years now probably religiously for the past eight months purely because I've been working on longer projects that require very fiddly editing and anyone who started editing on their mobile phones you know as, as soon as you get started you'll realize that you okay your fingers are bigger than you thought they were because <laughs> you're, you're editing you know very very tight video sequences on a mobile phone screen and then I do have the iPhone 
11 Pro Max. So I do have a big screen, which is great. And I am used to using it now. So if you're actually used to practicing editing and shooting on a mobile phone, it's absolutely fine. But I think that when you're doing longer projects, I think it's just a bit more luxurious to edit on an iPad. But it's it's in no way, I wouldn't say it's a necessity to edit on an iPad if you're a mobile journalist at all. Like a lot of mobile journalists are fine with their phones and that's great. But just for me personally, I like the ability to use both. An iPad's got a nice big screen on it. And did you opt for a lot of storage to make sure you wouldn't run out of space with all the video you're editing? Yeah, I mean, it's a big problem for mobile journalists, you know, going out on a shoot and then you realize you haven't got enough space. Right. <laughs> you know, it used to be that you took loads of like memory cards for your camera. And now it's like, right, okay, we need to make sure we just have, you know, a mobile phone with loads of space or an iPad with loads of space so that we can just keep dumping material onto there. And we're not worrying about that. So I think my phone is like 256 gigabytes on my phone. And my iPad's even more than that. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 great. Excellent. Yeah. It does mean that you don't have to be as organized in taking yeah. the footage off, which is not good. But as long as you've got a backup, I think that's all right. And with USB C on that iPad and hard drive access now with iPad OS, do you end up offloading your projects when you're finish with them or do you end up deleting the projects to make space for new ones as you're finishing things up generally i don't delete the project files so i use as i mentioned before i use LumaFusion, so you can have multiple projects within that app that you can edit on at the same time which is essentially like using final cut pro or premiere pro you know the adobe editing software it's like using that on your phone essentially it's kind of replicating you know a bigger desktop editing software system so you can have multiple projects within that one app so i wouldn't necessarily offload all my material and i also like to keep raw files of videos i've done if i've got enough space because you never know when you're going to want to reuse a clip for something else or i shoot a lot of evergreen footage or stock imagery yeah. so that if i ever need it that it's just there you know if there's like a beautiful sunrise or a massive traffic jam or whatever it might be i might need that in promotional content later on so yeah so essentially i i try to keep as much footage as i can and i have a laptop which has got a USB-C slot in it as well. So it's just easy to connect all the devices together. And are you finding you'll need to bring a charger or external battery with you? Or is the iPad get you through a full day doing the editing on the go without needing to worry about power? The iPad usually gets me through a whole day of editing for sure. I do play a lot of YouTube on it though. For example, say if I need to do a screen recording of a YouTube clip or I need to connect online for some other reason, that obviously is going to drain my battery, but it's such advanced technology now, it doesn't drain. But I do carry an extra battery pack around just because I am very aware that I don't want to be in a situation where some kind of battery-related anxiety now that's attached to millennials, I definitely got that. If it's under 20%, I'm like, right, need to find a plug. (laughs) So yeah, no, I do carry around an external battery pack wherever I go. So you'll use the built and the screen recording feature to grab some footage that you'll incorporate as well it sounds like yeah yeah i use the screen recording feature in the ipad all the time whether that to record a screen recording of a website or how to do something online you know if a client wants me to do you know a step-by-step guide in how to do x y and z i use the screen recording function you know because you can do it on a desktop computer but yeah. why if you've already got it on your phone or your ipad it's just easy and then i just put that recording straight from the camera roll into LumaFusion, and then i edit it straight away so there's loads of inbuilt functions within the ipad that you can just get started with it makes life a lot easier and a lot of people don't know about these things as well especially with apps like a lot of people don't take advantage of 
the amazing stuff that you can get on smartphones and iPads nowadays. It's just incredible. The, the ability to shoot in 4K, to edit in broadcast quality for cinema, for television audiences, for radio. A lot of people think, oh, well, it's shot on a smartphone. It can't be that professional. Well, if I compare the two different pieces of content, one shot on a DSLR or I guess a, you know, an old fashioned camera or a big camera, that we would say is a professional camera to what I've shot on my smartphone, I bet you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Will you also use iMovie? Are there certain projects that you use iMovie because maybe it's quicker or easier to get in and out of the application or is it mainly LumaFusion these days? I teach iMovie because it's a really great app to start when you're beginning to edit content on an iPad or an iPhone. However, LumaFusion is far more advanced. There's also another editing software called Adobe Rush. If you sign up to the subscription package of Adobe, there are other options out there other than, you know, Luma and iMovie and stuff. And there's loads of apps that you can edit for Dijon. But for me personally, I've got in the workflow of using LumaFusion because I know how to use it inside and out. And I'm very well practiced in it. And I've created all my templates within it. I've got all my font in it that I want and need. You can just do a lot more with it than you can on iMovie. It's just for the people that are a bit more advanced. It's worth practicing. But I do think starting out on iMovie is a really great shout because it can be a bit daunting going into an advanced editing software if you're just starting out. Right. So with LumaFusion, will you start a new project by first duplicating an old one? Or do you have a project that's like a template project that you'll duplicate and then you have your bumpers in place and things like that that you use? Depending on the client I've got, I've got a template for each client. And I know that, let's say client one wants a 16 by 9 video that goes out on their YouTube. It's a series. They want the same type of video every week with different content in it. It kind of looks the same because it's part of a group, of, you know, a series of videos. It's got a theme through it. So I'll keep that. So I'll duplicate the project and then change the content, as you said. However, if I'm doing a project for Twitter, which is on that same company, maybe I'm reformatting or I guess reusing a piece of material from that 16 by 9 video I'll just create a new project it's super easy to do so it's I quite like starting from scratch when I'm editing I don't like replicating everything I'm doing because it can look messy on the timeline if you've got loads of small clips flying everywhere and pieces of text but um, if I'm doing a recurring video series for someone then yeah I do replicate the project but if I'm doing a completely new project with you know new graphics and new text and stuff then yeah I'll start afresh okay and part of the reason I love the Fusion is that frame editor and being able to animate things so easily in there what kind of features of LumaFusion do you find most useful in getting your projects done well I really like the keyframing aspects within it that you can just keyframe stuff whether it's audio or visual just you know, moving things around the page, I found that really useful. I like the fact that there's six editing tracks um, for video. I put watermarks on everything, put text on everything. I layer uh, boxes on top of each other to make things look quite quirky, especially for YouTube videos and stuff. So I like the fact that there's lots of editing tracks and the fact that you can, on the preview window, you can swipe left and right with your finger to move tracks, you know, one frame at a time. (laughs) That's very, very helpful uh, because it's a a lot less fiddly. And also the fact, I guess, that you can create templates with the text so that you can just drag and drop text templates on there you don't have to make them from scratch again and the fact that you can export in different frame rates 
and edit with different frame aspect ratios. So you can kind of repurpose content for social audiences if you've done something for maybe a bit of a more long form platform. And for the audio, will you record voiceovers directly within LumaFusion or do you use a separate app to manipulate audio and get that perfect before getting into the video editing program? No, I usually have a lot of audio that's been shot through video first, actually. So a lot of the videos I'm doing, especially with, you know, news pieces, it will be like interviews with interviewee A, interview B. And then my voiceover, I'll tend to either do it from a quiet room or inside like a you know soundproof studio I'll just record that straight into the app itself but a lot of the time I'll do it through video because I like to see my but it's a bit weird but basically I like to record myself doing the voiceover through video because then when I'm editing if I don't have headphones with me I can see my lips move I can see what I'm saying when I've done a good take I'll like wave to the camera or something so when I'm editing I'll just scroll along in the timeline to where I've waved and I know that's my good take. So I don't even have yeah. to watch the whole footage back. It basically makes for much quicker editing rather than make the audio perfect outside of the app. I'll just make sure that I'm, you know, videoing in a really quiet room and it'll be fine. And especially if you're editing in a loud environment where maybe you can't exactly listen perfectly, that would be really helpful as well. Yes. I mean, if you're freelance, you're probably editing from coffee houses on trains in, you know, really loud you know, spaces and stuff. So... Yeah, you need to be able to edit it without having perfect, you know, audio. And then, you know, when you when you get back to the office or whatever, wherever you're going, then you can listen to it and make those fine tuned touches. Do you end up editing with a certain pair of headphones? Are they over the ear headphones? Are they like AirPods? What do you end up using for that? No, I just have the standard Apple headphones that plug straight into my okay. phone or iPad. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that you can do a lot on the basics i don't think there's a massive need to go out and buy all of these extra add-ons and different pieces of equipment and like the idea behind smartphone and mobile journalism is the fact that we can just pick it up and go like anywhere you are if there's a story that breaks in front of you you, you're ready to get your phone out plug your lapel mic in and you're ready to interview the idea of having a kit bag or you know needing to I guess prepare things before I go out and film sometimes might film with a bit of dread like I just like the idea of being really light and free and that's how I get a lot of my shots I'm like lying on the floor a lot of the time or climbing up high to get these shots I'm not stood there with a tripod all rigid with a setup and you know a, a separate space in the corner I just like shoot and go it's just run and gun you know and for music and stuff that you'll put in the videos do you end up using any of the stuff from within Luma Fusion that story there's like some kind of third party integration they have or yeah they've got story blocks stuff. yeah story blocks yeah yeah well um no a lot of the time i mean i sign up to audio blocks which is a subscription service which is joint with story blocks i use that material i don't really use the free stuff mm-hmm. um i mean i guess i was kind of i guess it worked on me because i signed up for a subscription and now i use the paid for stuff yeah so you pay per month i can't remember how much it is but it's not a lot it's like 10 or 15 pounds or something per month and then uh, you get access to a bank of audio. It keeps being added to, and then you can use that in all your projects. It's really great. And you can download it as um, a WAV file or an MP3. So that's really good. So, yeah, I do use I use my own audio that I get offline, or the client will give me their, you know, their own branded stuff. But, yeah, a lot of the time I just, I just provide it myself. Excellent. And then for graphics that you include in the videos, is that done within LumaFusion, or will you use another app to try to create graphics to, to utilize no i just do everything within numa fusion if they want any fancy graphics or they've got an opening title sequence then they can give me that to import 
or I like to use the site Fiverr, which is like a freelance service site where they can animate. You know, if if um, I don't use After Effects, but if people use After Effects and wanted something a bit more um, animated, you can either import that straight into the app. I just outsource that. So you can go on, I don't know whether I'm allowed to say this, or, but you can go on Fiverr. There's like a freelance website called Fiverr and you can just pay people like a set amount. They just put their own fees on there to animate your logo or make your opening graphic sequence. So yeah, I just tend to stick with Illumina Fusion myself and then outsource anything that's like animated because I'm an, I'm an editor, but I'm not an animator. Yeah. So prior to using the iPad to do this work, was it just all on your phone and then, or was there a laptop involved with editing and prior years? And I used to not be involved with mobile journalism. I just used to edit everything on my desktop computer and Final Cut, but now I edit everything on the go. So I'm never really sat at a desk editing like in one place. So yeah, before the iPad, it would just be a desktop computer. Okay. And how prevalent do you feel that the iPads become in journalism or other mobile journalists relying on the iPad to do similar kinds of work? I wouldn't say that the journalism industry or mobile journalists are relying on iPads. Like I think iPads are an amazing tool to use as an addition to your your toolbox. There's a lot of mobile journalists that just use smartphones, which is absolutely fine. I think it all comes down to personal preference. Like for me personally, I think the iPad's an amazing tool to use to edit footage. However, there are a lot of mobile journalists that transfer their footage to desktop computers to edit who shoot on the go you know with their smartphones but then they'll edit on a laptop or a desktop computer and then some just prefer to use their phones so i think it's just personal preference it depends how you're used to it i guess and with LumaFusion, is there anything that you'd like to see added to the app that would make your job easier well my favorite part of LumaFusion is the fact that you can layer so many videos on top of each other so I guess in the future, if they were to enable you to layer more, right. <laughs> that would be, I feel, sometimes I find myself needing eight layers yeah. and then I'm having to be really creative to get around that. But yeah, trying to combine layers in some ways. Yeah. Look, I survived before, you know, before, yeah, you know, it's, there's always going to be more needed, but no, I, I think, yeah, that function would be very useful. I really think the product's amazing. You know, it's completely changed the way I work essentially. So just making my life a lot easier, which is great. Yeah. And then anything we didn't cover that you'd like to before we wrap it up? No, I don't think so. I mean, if there's any of your listeners that are interested in mobile journalism or smartphone content creation, you know, if there's anyone who, you know, wants to make more videos, but, you know, they're not necessarily, they don't have to have be trained in video production or filming or don't have to have like years of experience making videos. We teach, you know, there's loads of, you know, teachers online, loads of YouTube videos. There's some amazing trainers out there that teach businesses and companies and individuals how to use their smartphone. Like everything you need is essentially in your pocket. And if you have an iPad at home, that's, you know, it's even swankier, right? Because you can get started on a bigger screen, which is easier. So anyone who wants to get involved with, I guess, mobile journalism or smartphone or iPad content creation, the time is now. It's an exciting time. And there's loads of help available online and loads of courses you can do. So, yeah, I guess I guess anyone can do it now, which is exciting. And where can people find uh, your work that you've done? Um, if they head over to my Twitter page, it's um, at CarolineScott91. That's my handle, at CarolineScott91. I post 
loads of clips on there, tools and tips and advice. Because I also do a lot of mobile journalism training. So, you know, if anyone has any questions, I'll usually post responses on there, like answers and things. And yeah, I, I send people in the direction of where they can find out information. So there's, there's um, yeah, loads of stuff on my Twitter page. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It's been wonderful chatting with you. No worries. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, that was my interview with Carolyn Scott. Thanks again to Carolyn for her time recording this interview. And thanks to you for your time tuning in to this episode. And at the end of this podcast, I just want to let people know, if you don't already, that I do another interview show all about Apple Arcade. It's called Apple Arcade Plus, and it's a show where I interview Apple Arcade game creators. You can find Apple Podcasts. And Apple Podcasts, however, it seems that just searching for Apple Arcade is the best way to find this show. Evidently, Apple Arcade Plus doesn't show it up in search. So look out for Apple Arcade in the Apple Podcast app for more interviews that I'm doing with some of the best game creators on Apple Arcade. I hope you enjoyed that show as well. And with that, thanks for tuning in, and I'll talk to everyone again real soon.